0: And you and I need to understand the magnitude of this warfare and even how this applies to the book of Nehemiah that the Lord led us into a study during this particular season of time, recognizing that these things would be taking place. Hamas is an interesting word. It's actually found in the Hebrew language. And the first uh, it's it's in the Bible. The word Hamas. Uh, The first use of this word is found in Genesis chapter 6. And God flooded the earth because of the violence. The word Hamas translates violence. Specifically, it translates violence and cruel hatred coupled with malicious behavior. Has anybody observed violence with cruel hatred coupled with malicious behavior in recent days? Absolutely, we have. It's the basis of Hamas. And this is, this is what we see. As it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, so was it in the days of Noah. Do you understand? This is all Bible. And in the days of the Bible, God flooded the earth because of Hamas. So we're looking at all these things and we're thinking what is taking place and how important is it that you and I not be marginalized and distracted from the very eternal purposes of God to which He's desiring to awaken within our lives. Let the blind people see. Let the lame people walk. Let the lost people get saved. Let the people who are not spiritually alive suddenly come to life. We need revival all across the land. I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me that I needed to pastor our church through some of this so that you might understand something very important. The the, the horrific imagery that we're seeing in the news easily breeds hate in our heart. And I want to caution you because anything that you allow to breed hate in your heart toward humanity is of the origin of the enemy. I'm not saying, you know, I understand Ecclesiastes, there's a time for war, Israel's you know calculating their response and all those things. I, I'm, not, I'm not against any of those things that are taking place. I understand all of that. I recognize what happened is horrible and needs to be addressed. Injustice has taken place and there must be justice. I, I agree with that. But you need to understand and I need to understand and we all need to rehearse and we need to help each other remember our battle is not against flesh and blood but our battle is against principalities and these rulers that have been around since the ancient of days that are trying to emerge right now. And God can intervene in this situation. You know, Instead of of having a hate for these individuals that have done all these horrific crimes what if we begin to say, Lord There are those that are captive behind enemy lines that Hamas has. And what if some of these guys that I've been lingering with in in my recent travels have talked about some of the most um, entrenched Muslim leaders have started to have visitations from Jesus and they're turning away from their hatred beliefs into the loving ways of God. What if these militant soldiers that are perhaps torturing some of these people that they're holding hostage could have a visitation from Jesus, their hearts turn to God, and they then be used mightily by God to help these prisoners escape and get back to their family? I mean, come on, can we start to have a hope in the midst of this instead of just being angry? Come on, let's do Let's clap it in and declare, Jesus, would you release your kingdom in the earth? Jesus, would you release your kingdom in the earth? Awaken us, O God, to the purposes of God. Let us not be distracted in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to guard our hearts. May we not have the typical reaction of the world around us as if we were just carnal people like those who don't know you. But, Lord, we are spiritually alive. And I pray that you would help us to dream from an entirely different perspective, to think out of an entirely different realm as the thoughts of the Lord are higher than our thoughts, greater than our thoughts. The ways of God are greater than our ways. Teach us, Lord, to submit to you as we process through so much of what's taking place in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. The Lord said to me, there's more grace on practices than there is on preaching. We're coming into a season where the church is going to be mobilized. I'm glad you believe the principles that you believe. If you believe in the principles of God's kingdom and the cross of Jesus Christ, would you just say amen? Amen. Those are our beliefs. But if what you believe isn't changing how you behave, then my question to you is, how much do you believe what you think you believe? It's easier said than done. A picture's worth a thousand words. There are a lot of ways to say this, but the bottom line, men and women of God, when we learn to surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ as our way of life, and we put into a motion the practices that we see modeled in his life, then something begins to happen within all of us in a powerful, profound way. And so we're going to come into a season post-Nehemiah. Once we get through all 13 chapters of Nehemiah, we're going to start learning about the practices of the way and the practices of of Jesus and and how those should mark our lives. You know, Jesus fasted and prayed. Isn't that a novel thought to actually miss a meal? Welcome to America where that just ain't happening. we got buffets on every corner. But you understand we live according to a different order. And Jesus literally said, these kind only come out by by fasting and prayer. You remember that portion of scripture where he addressed a demonic, uh, I want you to hear what I'm saying. He addressed a demonic attack that was taking place through fasting and prayer. His disciples couldn't do it, but he was able to. And he looked at that situation and he said, the reason you all can't address this is because this only addressed by fasting and prayer. And then he addressed it powerfully. You know what that means? Jesus didn't have to go fast and pray. He'd been fasting and praying because it was a part of his life, so he walked in a greater power. This is one of the practices. We need to just start looking at what are the practices we see in the life of Christ. I believe the Lord is saying this. There's more grace on practices than there is on preaching. And if you'll just take time to get in the Word and ask the Lord, help me to be uh, rehearsing your Word, learning your Word, reading your Word. Get in a place of prayer and say, Lord, help me to know how to pray. It's a great prayer. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. You, do that. And as you just put that into practice, you're going to find an amazing measure of grace uh, that will be on your life. Amen. I'll drink to that. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 9. It's the longest prayer recorded in the Bible. And today, because there's more grace on the practice than there is on the preaching, we're actually just going to pray this chapter together after I give you a little bit of groundwork to understand it. Um, You can learn a lot when we read this chapter in Nehemiah 9, and you hear them praying or see them praying, you can learn a lot about a person by listening to them pray. You can learn about what concerns them. You can learn about what's on their mind. You can learn about what the way they view God when you look at how somebody uh, prays. These people had been distracted for over a century from the purposes of God. The the temple had been in ruins, Jerusalem. Israel had been invaded uh, by enemies that had destroyed the walls. And nobody had any interest, none of God's people had any interest in God's work in the earth. They hadn't given their time, they hadn't given their money, they hadn't given their energy to anything God was wanting to do in the earth until Nehemiah was awakened to the reality. God's kingdom is actually here in the earth and we are to devote ourselves to the work of God. And this is what began to happen. They began to be awakened. My question to you, spiritually speaking, is are you spiritually awake? Are you spiritually awake? Because America, would you agree with me, America tends to be in a state of spiritual slumber even a lot of people who go to church. I want us to be spiritually awake. I want to do my job as the lead pastor of this work as we work with our team and the elders and, and we say, Lord, help us to be spiritually awake. We want to be awakened to the purposes of God. Can we all just say, wake us up. We just agree we'll be spiritually awakened, not just in our lives, but then our children be spiritually awakened, and our children's children be spiritually awakened. And the way we live our lives will impact generations beyond our life. If we understand that, then we'll live our lives with a little more intentionality of awakening that which God's wanting to entrust to our care to be released to generations beyond us that'll be dealing with these ancient demonic forces that God desires for us as the mighty army of the living God to walk in great power, to more than conquer in Jesus' name. This is God's desire for us. When we're spiritually awake, we learn to make prayer our first response, not our last resort. Are you spiritually awake? Circumstances come your way. Are you just so fully capable that you don't even look to the Lord? When you're spiritually awake, you're actually listening. Lord, awaken within me uh, the desires of God. Help me to see what it is you see in this moment of challenge. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And Ultimately, this is just the place where we learn to live in this vibrant, constant, conversational relationship with God. How many of you know God's having a conversation with you right now? He is having a conversation right now. He's stirring things in your heart. There's certain things I'm going to say and he's just going to highlight that for one person. The person right next to them he's going to highlight something else. He's just so personally involved in all of our, our lives. He loves you. He cares about you. I believe he brought you here this morning on purpose. Very specifically because he's stirring things in your heart. Lord, would you just do what you desire within you within each and every one of us In Jesus' mighty name. <clears throat> I think one of the best um, illustrations of a vibrant, living, prayerful relationship with God can be discovered in the way Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. The first thing he said is say, our Father. So if you find any father that's having a genuine intimate authentic interaction with their child they're exchanging together relationally and warm and intimately and joyfully then you've got the picture of what prayer is supposed to be this is your lifestyle where every decision you make is simply a discussion you have because you're in an interaction with God he's giving you discernment above decision making and you're sensing the very heart of the Lord it's a beautiful beautiful reality So as we read this chapter and we begin to pray through this chapter together today, we see their interaction with God, their observation of the Lord, the things that concern them, the things that uh, they're devoted to. And I'll just remind you, uh, two weeks ago when we hit chapter 8 of Nehemiah, there was this awakening happening in the people, if you remember, and they had an enthusiastic response to the reading of God's Word. Do you remember? They said, Amen, Amen, and the lifting of their hands. So let's do it together. Amen, amen, we lift up our hands. We just receive what the Lord wants to awaken. It's not just a little uh, silly thing we do. Like if you engage your heart, there's something to be released in that. There's like the days when uh, Moses lifted up his hands and Joshua and all the warriors were fighting. And as long as Moses' hands were raised, a champion spirit was upon the people of God and they were winning the victory. But when Moses began to put his hands down, that spirit departed and they didn't have victory. How many of you think maybe when we say amen, amen and the lifting of our hands, it might be releasing something of a victorious spirit over people that are alive today or maybe generations beyond us. God is just always able to do so much more than what any of us can possibly imagine. Nehemiah chapter 9, starting with verse 5 today. We're going to pray. Verses 5 and 6, this is how they were praying. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord, You made the heavens even the highest heavens, and all the starry host, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Lord, we just say, no one is like our God. We will lift up your name, and we will glorify the one true God of heaven and earth, the one who created heaven and earth and gave us breath in our lungs, we bring back our praise to you and declare we will honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take this as a model prayer like we're going to do over the course of this next week and just, I don't know how to pray. Some people have said, I don't know how to pray. This is how you pray. They're doing it. You can model it. You can read portions of it, and then you can pray it. Let's pick up verse 7 and 8. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and you named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you, and you made a covenant with him to give his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Gergesites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. What are they doing? They're rehearsing the faithfulness of God. Has anybody here ever experienced the faithfulness of God before? Amen and amen. and the lifting of our hands, we declare it. Lord, thank you. Your plan is to release your people, to embrace your kingdom on earth earth as it is in heaven. And I accept today, Lord, your assignment of our lives is that we are mighty warriors of God's kingdom that exist in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Verse 9 and 10, you saw the suffering of our ancestors in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his officials, and all the people of his land, for you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. And Lord, we just cry out to you and we say, in places of difficulty, this is what they're rehearsing, in places of difficulty, you have heard our cry and we thank you Lord that you come in response when we cry out to our God like any good father would and we give you praise for that today in Jesus mighty name I'm going to ask the worship team to come we're going to continue praying we're by no means near finished okay Um, we're going to pray through this is that all right it's not just show up that I give you the patty cake, hopeful, you know, three easy ways to get what you want. Like, sometimes you're going to have to dig. Some, some things only come when you pray. How many of you know the treasures of the world are not casually found? You've got to dig a little bit. And then in the same way, the treasures of the Lord are not casually found. You have to dig a little bit. And I'm trying to introduce you to the reality. What happens is if we've not been really spending time in prayer, it's like spiritual muscles that never get strengthened because we're never working out. So then we come together maybe and we start spending time praying and we get exhausted pretty fast because we've not been working out. I would invite you to find ways to work out spiritually, to grow stronger in the Lord. God wants to use you as a part of what God's desiring to do in this hour of God's kingdom, breaking into the earth in supernaturally profound ways. Amen, amen, and I lift up my hands. Verse 11 and 12. This is just rehearsing the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Lord, you divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground, but you hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. By day, you led them with a pillar of cloud and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the, uh, the way that they were to take. Anybody need any direction right now? Just lift your hands if you need direction. Need make some decisions. Lord, I just want to thank you that you protect us, you lead us, you guide us, you direct us on this journey of walking with you, that we might discover our God-given destiny. So we celebrate, Lord, that you were the God who gave guidance and direction, and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're giving guidance and direction today. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Verse 13 and following. You came down. That's a pretty important phrase for us to understand. Lord, you came down to Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them the Holy Sabbath and gave them commands, decrees, and laws through your servant Moses. He came down. (laughs) You hear he came down. He didn't say, I need you to come up where you're not able to come up. He said, I'll meet you right where you are. How many of you have ever felt like you weren't good enough to serve the Lord your God? Can you just raise your hand? You felt like you weren't good enough. I talk to people all the time. They feel like, I've just done too much wrong. I can't come to Christ. Listen, you don't have to get cleaned up before you take a shower. You go take a shower and you wash off the stink, Okay. That's the way it is in the kingdom of God as well. So we just declare this. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you come down to meet us where we are. Your wonderful laws and your powerful word provide such clarity in our lives to the pathway of true life where we discover the very life of Jesus Christ awakened within us in Jesus' name. Verse 15, in their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven. And in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land that you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them. Anybody here have any need for God's provision? This bread from heaven and water from a rock. Bread, that's impossible. Bread from heaven. Is impossible. Water from a rock is impossible. I don't know what your need may be, but with God, all things are possible. It might look like it's completely impossible, but God wants you to begin to have faith to believe that he'll awaken something within you to see him do the impossible. If you can see the invisible, looking toward setting your eyes on Christ, if you can see the invisible, you can begin to do the impossible. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are the same yesterday and forever, that you, Lord... Uh, What you did before, you will do again. We see that you were faithful in these times past in the ancient of days. We look in the history of our days and we see the faithfulness of God and we celebrate the faithfulness of God. Come on, if the Lord's ever shown his provision in your life, why don't you give him a hand clap of praise as we declare amen and amen with the lifting of our hands. Somebody said to me once, I tried prayer and it just didn't work. And I said, Have you ever tried sit ups? Because I tried sit ups and it just didn't work. You understand? The more I practice it, the stronger I become. I can do it once and say, Well, I didn't really see any difference. This is a discipline. This is a practice. We set this into motion. It begins to awaken something within us that causes us to grow in being strengthened in the Lord our God. Verses 16 uh, to 18. There's more grace on the practice than there is on the preaching. This is what I'm trying to say. As we're praying this together, we're releasing something. You might not be able to, to, to see it in the natural, but I believe this morning we are on assignment together. I believe we need to pay attention to what the Spirit would say in our assignment here together. I know it's a little different than what our normal approach uh, is, but let's declare and let's stay tenacious with what the Lord's desiring to do. Verse 16 to 18, but they, our ancestors, they became arrogant and stiff-necked, and they did not obey God's commands. They refused to listen, They failed to remember, very important, they failed to remember the miracles that you performed among them. They became stiff-necked. And in their rebellion they appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery but you are a forgiving God gracious and compassionate slow to anger abounding in love aren't you glad he is a gracious God slow to anger abounding in love therefore you did not desert them even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and you said this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt or when they committed awful blasphemies i just want to say God is faithful even when we are faithless. Have He ever seen you through when you simply didn't deserve it and you blew it so many times you thought, is there any way God could pick me up from here? Lord, thank you for your gracious faithfulness. You always see us through. You always love us through. You always love us well. I pray you break a spirit of shame and condemnation off of us right now. If uh, if that resonates with you and we just agree a spirit of shame self-condemnation just lift both your hands and surrender we say amen, amen, lifting of our hands we just received today shame and condemnation Lord being broken off of our lives you've believed the lie of the enemy long enough you aren't just good, you aren't just righteous according to 2 Corinthians 5 you are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what he did not because of what you did We receive it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's let's go to verse 26 and 27. God healed, he restored, he redeemed, and then they were disobedient and they rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you. And they committed awful blasphemies. So you delivered them into the hands of their enemies who oppressed them. But when they were oppressed, they cried out to you. When they were in trouble, they cried out to God. How many of you, that's when you are best at crying out to God. When they were in trouble, they cried out to God. And what did God do? from heaven. God heard them and in God's great compassion he gave them deliverers who rescued them from the hand of their enemies. Lord, you've been faithful over and over and over and over again. When we deserve to suffer the result of our sins, you mercifully and graciously went to great lengths to draw our attention to you and restore our lives. Lord, you are faithful. I just say if you have received the gracious faithfulness of your your loving Father, and you're able to stand. Let's just stand to our feet and let's declare today in agreement that we receive the billows of grace that he he gives into our lives over and over and over again. Lord, we want to give voice to our love for you. We want to give voice to our appreciation for you. We want to give voice to a celebration within our hearts toward you. We want to give voice to your mercy and your grace. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to embody the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God so that we could understand compassionate human being Jesus. Watch sinless Christ who did not deserve to die be beaten and whipped, a crown of thorns smacked into his forehead and, and across his brow. Carry his cross with his back in shreds having been whipped to open deep wounds thrust back on that rough timber cross. Stakes driven into his hands and feet. That cross raised up. Jolted into place. Sinless Jesus hanging. Bleeding out all of his breath. The Roman soldier piercing his side when blood and water would flow. A declaration of the covenant of God with the world in which we live, saying, You're inviting us in to understand that kind of love. (laughs) So we surrender today. We say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is who he says he is. He came. He lived, he died, they buried him in a tomb, and three days later, because he had never sinned, he did not deserve death, he came back to life, and he is alive today, and by his Spirit, he's at work in our hearts. Come on, give him praise if you believe that today. We acknowledge Jesus as Lord. We need you to save us, Lord, from all of our sins. Take us to greater places of strength in the name of Jesus. You are a mighty army of God. And when you become spiritually awakened, you are then equipped God to deal with ancient demonic forces that have been trying to come against the kingdom of God for all of these generations but they will not prevail because the conclusion of it all is the body of Christ comes to the life of this resurrected king and we more than conquer the enemy is defeated he is a liar and you and I are to walk in that measure of victory in Jesus mighty name so we receive it now over our lives Come on, we receive it over our children, over our children's children, in the name of Jesus. I want to ask you just continue reading the book of Nehemiah. We still have a few more weeks to go, it's significant. And as you read it, just ask the Lord to help you digest. And and I'm going to invite our prayer teams, if you'll come. We're going to take just a few moments as we conclude just in worship, bringing our assignment of a congregational family to take that which God has awakened. If God's awakening something in your heart, say amen. He's stirring something within us. What we want to do is we just want to bring that back for a few moments in worship. Give that back to the Lord. Our prayer teams are available. If there's anything we can pray with you about, and then we'll come and conclude, we'll be dismissed. But let's hang in there as a part of our assignment together as a congregational family, just for these remaining moments.